What's good, y'all? This is your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Talk about it! You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome, welcome to Above the Rim episode 49. Brought to you by your host, as always, Justin, aka Just Blaze. And of course, another week. Another special guest here with your boy. Joining me from the Chi-Town. Host of the dope Chicago Bulls podcast called Bow on Bulls. The homie Big Dave stopping by. Dave, what's good, family? Bow! What's up, bro? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Chilling, man. How you, how you feeling, doing man? tonight? Man, you know, I, I just, I'm sitting here with a smile on my face. You know, some water next to me. Like, I'm, I'm just happy right now, bro. I'm really honored to be doing this with you, man. I, I really do appreciate it, brother. Family, I appreciate you joining me, my brother. Man, <laughs> I do. It's all good. Yeah, one of the homies yes, from sir. the infamous sports <laughs> thread that I've been telling y'all about. Yes, sir. Tell them how deep that, that thread is, Dave. Listen, man, that, that thread is, is one of the highlights of the day. It's like, wild. <laughs> it's so much fun, dog. Like... Everybody in there is super, super bright, yeah. super intelligent. You know what I'm saying? But everybody stands on what they say, which I always like. And strong you know opinions. Very strong opinions. Yes. Everybody is definitely <laughs> strong with their opinions. And I love that about it. You know, but nobody takes nothing personally because exactly. we understand what we just talking about. You know, it's ball. Exactly. So That's it. Everything is is love, man. And I, I, I love it. Like, it's some days I'm like, man, I'm down. I don't feel like dealing with something. I'll mm-hmm. pick up my phone, look, and just be cracking up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Looking at this stuff. Looking at this stuff you saying, you know what I'm saying? Looking at this stuff Christian saying, Dre, yep. my man Baylor, you know what I'm saying? All of them, man. Yeah. Like, Shout out the to brothers, the you know. Jarvin yeah, is man. Yep, Hoopla. Yeah. And everybody's from everywhere. Everywhere. You know what I mean? All over it's, the U.S. Yeah, all over the place. So you're getting different opinions, you know, just from everyone from everywhere. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's a real dope thing, man. And it I, is. I'm really honored to be there. And I'm also honored to be your fantasy football champion for 2017. <laughs> yeah! Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you. You did win our fantasy league we had this year, man. My oh. team, I think I was second to last or third to last. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. it, it was, I had a lot of injuries. Odell was my first pick. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, David Johnson was my first pick. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So you did okay. suffer an injury, too. <laughs> <laughs> True. I had him and I had Dalvin Cook. Yeah, listen, I bombed oh, on no. all my fantasy teams this year. All of them, Dave. All of them. Oh, bro. Man, yeah. you know what? When we won, Chris and I, we are not bad losers, but we are horrible winners. <laughs> <laughs> we are horrible winners. We've been talking trash. I know. Like, oh, you saw it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I know. I know. I heard. I ignored those messages. <laughs> I selectively <laughs> saw those messages. 100%. Yes, yeah. Yes, sir, man. Most yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, though, man. So just a lot of fun, though. Definitely is. So, family, of course, you can find Above the Rims on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the Almighty Bowler Network every Tuesday. 
Make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star review on iTunes to get in contact with me or the show. You can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. Use the hashtag AskAboveTheRim. If you got any feedback for the show, responses to the questions, call up the line. Leave your boy a voicemail. Let me know what's on your mind. That number again is 908-718-1592. Drop a voicemail. Big Dave, where can they find you on Twitter, my brother? Well, you can definitely find myself and my partner, Chris, a.k.a. C-Dub. You find us at ballsports.com. We do two shows. We do one called Ball. We do one called Ball on Bulls. Uh, you find us on, like I said, ballsports.com, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Media, Google Play, any anywhere you like listening to podcasts, you'll find us at. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Ballsports, and also uh, Ballsports for the Instagram. Yes, sir. Make sure y'all go out, go subscribe to them shows right there. Dope Word. shows. One of the dopest shows out of out of the Chi-Town area. Chicago Bulls podcast. All my sh- Chicago Bulls news comes from y'all. Tell you that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I tell you that. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, yeah. So, Big Dave, man, we had another interesting week in the NBA once again. Yes. A lot of shaking, a lot of moving. And uh, actually, when I saw this news come about last week, I believe it was last Thursday, I thought of some of my Chi-Town family because we know you have special... Uh, uh, let's say special connection to the story and my man D mm. Rose out there signing mm. to Minnesota. So last week, uh, I believe it was Thursday, Friday, whatever it is, Tibbs, coach and president of the T-Wolves, decided to pull another Doc Rivers type move <laughs> and reacquire one of his former players. <laughs> signing D Rose for the rest of the regular season. Now, exactly one quarter of the players on the T-Wolves roster Rose, Butler, Taj, uh, Aaron Brooks are former players if Tibbs' wow. best years in Chicago. We're wow. now six seasons removed from Rose's last, D. Rose's last All-Star season, and a lot has changed. We all know the injury history, so I'm not going to go through it. Some feel, I mean, excuse me, Minnesota feels that Rose, or Tibbs feels that Rose still has some juice left in the tank and can contribute to a playoff run so Dave I'm gonna ask you someone who knows D Rose's game very well good mm-hmm. move or bad move for both parties and well, tell first me of why all, you forget you forgot one more player they they do have John Lucas the third also oh that is true uh, so, so they got him too so more than just, a quarter yeah dog, right. it is the Timber Bulls over there bro it's, Timber it's not Bulls. A game. it's not a game um good move yeah I don't, I don't see why it's bad um for D Rose or for, T- for the T Wolves? Say it again, brother. For D Rose or for the T Wolves, or both? For Rose, yes, it's definitely a good move. Okay, <laughs> no question, because of course he was after being cut by uh, Cleveland, or I'm sorry, traded by Cleveland. He was cut by Utah, yep. and just sitting out. You know, nobody was signing him, nobody was looking at him. So it's a great move for him to be in Minnesota. He's still close to home. Derrick Rose, you know, is a home homeboy. So he likes either being in Chicago or he likes being in L.A. Mm-hmm. So it's good that he's still, you know, close to home. So that's a good thing. Um, it gives him a chance to show and prove, which is something he's always prided himself on. When people say, you know, you can't do something, he's always prided himself on showing and proving people wrong. So 
Yeah, it's a great move for him. I mean, you're dealing with a team who's, you know, fighting for playoff seedings in the West. Uh, the best talent out there is in the West. You're playing against, you know, the best point guards. Elite you know, talent out there in the West. It, it, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So he gets to, you know, showcase his thing. And we get to see if he still can, you know, do some Derrick Rose things. I'm, I'm not expecting, of course, you're not expecting the D-Rose, MVP Rose. Yeah. We're not expecting that. But, now, man. You're alluding to my next question. So just tell me right now, what do you think if he can realistically contribute right now for the T-Wolves going on the stretch run right now into the postseason what can D-Rose really give you realistically for the last 20 something games of the season well you know you're going to get a guy who's going to put the ball in the basket True. Uh, that that never went away he did that in New York he, I believe he's after like 15-16 a game in New York if I'm not mistaken um, he's going to score that's what he does uh, now can he helped everybody else around him for the second unit, but that remains to be seen. We only seen him in, you know, one game. We don't know that. Um, a bad game, that, by the way. It was a terrible yeah. debut. <laughs> not, a, not a great one. A not very a terrible one, no. debut, D Rose, by the way. But we gonna leave that off the table. I'm not even counting that. You was you was, sweat, you was getting the sweat off. I feel you. No, it's cool. The, the facts are what they are. Yeah. That's what it was. You know, he did not have a good game at all. Nope. It, it just wasn't a good game. Mm-hmm. And he definitely has time to. Um, to get better and show and prove and see what he can do. But he knows that he's not going to be starting. He knows he's going to be coming off the bench. We know Tibbs is going to give him an opportunity because that's his guy. Yeah. So he's going to get a shot to see if he still has it or not. Yeah. I think, of course, of course, being a fan and, yeah, maybe speaking from my heart right here, I think he still has something. Of course, I, I feel that way because mm-hmm. I saw him, in, like I said, I saw him in New York. And I'm like, yeah, he was a cool guard. Like, he wasn't dominating, killing. You mean when he was in New York getting 18 a night? Is that what you're talking cool. about? I'm like, you know, <laughs> hey. But, <laughs> you but saw see, him. Dave. I mean, but, he was at the home. You saw him. Yeah, but see, Dave, I'm worried about you being a homer right now. I'm worried about you it. being a homer. Come on with it. A little bit because, you know what? I've been a big D-Rose fan for a while. I love me some D-Rose. One of the best point guards. I actually met him out here when he was in Memphis when he came to the Garden. D-Rose is my man when he was out here with Michael Carter. I mean, Michael Carter. Um, uh, Douglas Roberts, excuse me. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, Chris McDouglas Roberts. Am I saying that correctly? I hope I'm not messing that up. But, um, yeah, so I love D-Rose. Always been a big fan. But I'm a little worried about D-Rose right now yeah. because... This year, what he has shown is that his head is not fully into basketball right now. That's true. So, what I'm worried about, I mean, I do like the pairing with Tibbs, and I don't like the pairing with Tibbs. Because we talk, <laughs> yes. we know what Tibbs does to his players and runs down his knees. He basically ruined D-Rose's career. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, You some would say. And you're basically going back to that same guy. We hope he's not going to play him a lot of minutes. We don't think D-Rose can effectively give you that many minutes but the question is is he as good as Tyus Jones oh that's what he is now huh I'm, I'm asking that's tough. I'm asking no, no you that's see, a valid question if you ask me ask. I say yeah because he did give you 18 a game and that was last year I'm kind of yeah. scratching Cleveland off the table because that was like unreal weird circumstances over there and I don't feel like he mm-hmm. was ever comfortable there so mm. it was it was like a rush signing at the end of the summer. He, he was just scrapping to get on a team. Yeah. Right now he'll be more comfortable, and I'm also worried about the Jimmy Butler dynamic as well. Do you think that yes. plays a role in it? Yes. 
I think it doesn't hurt it though, because uh, clearly they're not competing for the same things. Yeah, uh, okay. it's clearly Jimmy Butler's team. Sure. I mean, it, it's it, that's not even a question. So I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. I think Derrick Rose knows what his role is and what it should be out there. Yeah, but like I say, I admit I was speaking from my heart, and I and I admit that because <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely admit that I was speaking from my heart right there. But okay. the truth is what it is. I mean, he did not have a good game. He's being compared to Tyus Jones. I mean, and those are valid, terrible. Two valid I feel so disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> I feel very disrespectful doing that, by the way. I can't believe yeah, I did but, that. But, you know, truth hurts sometimes, man. I understand, brother. <laughs> truth hurts. But D Rose is our guy. That's our guy. So we're going to ride with him, man. I'm That's riding with him, too. With him. I'm, I'm riding with him, too. I'm rooting for him. I, I, I feel like he could come off the bench and he can give you nine points. Nine points. Yeah. yeah. That's really all you're asking for, though, I think. Um, you just want him to give a little more than Tyus Jones. Uh, you got to so, give me more than Tyus Jones. Right. I mean, <laughs> you want I, more than that. I, I need that. And remember, in the playoffs anyway, the rotations are a lot shorter. So, you know, Jimmy yeah. uh, Jimmy Butler going to be playing 47 minutes oh. a night. Oh, he better get them knees ready. <laughs> he better get those I'm, knees I'm, ready. Ice down. <laughs> exactly. Every <night>. <laughs> for real, man. He, he better be ready. Exactly. Him and Carl Anthony Towns, they are never coming out the game. Oh, man, for real. They and, just, and uh disclaimer by by the way to my listeners i just want to let you all know that uh carl anthony towns cat was draymond's daddy this weekend <laughs> i just want to let y'all know Yo. i don't care how disrespectful that sounds i just wanted to no, let y'all very know that <laughs> very and we'll see older. them and like i said we'll see y'all in june I'm going to just leave it there. But moving on, Big Dave, uh, I'm glad we talked about Jimmy Butler because we're going to talk about his former team, the Chicago Bulls, and your beloved Chicago Bulls who have Bulls. had an interesting season as well. So yes. to begin, I'll recap in a few words the Chicago Bulls season right now. So they let go of D-Wade to start the summer. They give the keys to Chris Dunn. Markanen is a draft day steal, rookie steal. Zach Levine finally returns from injury. Bobby Portis is out here breaking jaws, putting a pause on his teammates. Miritich, uh, and also trying to disguise their full-on tank mode by giving Cameron Payne quality minutes. But still got a warning from the NBA about tanking. And now they're sitting 12th in the East, 23 of 43. Big Dave, as as a Chicago Bulls fan, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on how this season has gone? Success or failure? For me, it's success. I mean, it's I've said this team was going to win twenty five games before the season started. Mm. I I don't see anything. They cut. Different. They right there. Like yeah, they they had twenty three. So <laughs> you know they're about there. If they get you know twenty eight or something, I mean whatever, that's cool. But. <laughs> You know, that's about where they are where I expected them to be. They're not a good basketball team. They're bad. And this is what bad teams look like. This is what happens when your team isn't good. The only shocking thing that came out of this season, well, the two shocking things, of course, was, like you said, Bobby Portis, you know, <laughs> laying out Nico. But, you know, you run up, you get done up. That's how it goes. He sure did. But he, he ran up. He you, did. you don't just be run, running up on people, man. That's my like, favorite storyline of the entire year, by the way. <laughs> Oh, man, like he, he played himself. Like he's talking crazy. Portis you know? is a certified goon, by the way. Certified. Oh, yes. Yes, certified. he is. Absolutely. It's, it's, 
It's no denying it. This is the man who said he gets hyped up for games by thinking about somebody slapping his mother. <laughs> That's what he said. So yeah, he's he's out there and he's on my squad. So I'm, I'm we okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. Cool. But yeah, but that and the Bulls going on an actual seven game winning streak. Those were the two most shocking things this year. Nobody expected any of that. I believe they were what like. Three and twenty or something when they when that happened and they yeah. went on a seven game winning streak yep. and fans here were losing their minds because they were thinking like oh man this means the Bulls are trying to get in the playoffs yeah I heard a couple you of know. playoff rumblings come on they were trying <laughs> to do this they tried to stop it they were playing they hard not, though yeah they were playing and they're still playing hard they're, they're playing hard but they won seven games yay. Like, people were acting <laughs> like this meant we are going somewhere. Like, true. oh, man, they're going to mess up the tank. Oh, this is going to... No, they're still bad. There's a lot of basketball. It was December. It's a lot of basketball to go. And what happened? Badness. They, yeah, <laughs> like, they, came back, they came back down to earth. Yeah, jump back to reality. We Oops, all they, who they thought like, we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was done. Yeah. So. So they didn't have anything. I, I was never worried, you know, and I still now I'm like, this is a bad team. I'm only here to watch a few things. I'm watching the development of Lloyd Marketing. I'm watching how Zach Levine fits in with the squad. And I want to see what Chris Dunn uh, can do. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the only things I'm looking at when I watch them play. And, and of course, you know, you want to see what players fit in with the team, who fits in with the system. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You want to see how that goes. If, if Fred Hoiberg can actually coach, you know, you look at those things also, mm-hmm. but the three main things are those three pieces because those yeah. are your three pieces going forward. So let me ask you, which I'm glad you brought those three young talents up. Which of those three are you most impressed with and who do you want to keep as a building block franchise cornerstone going forward? Which out of those three? Uh, most well, impressed. Most impressed is Lloyd Marketing. Let me mm. let me tell you, I go to a Chris and I go to a draft party. He's got some every- game. Yeah, we go to a draft party every single year, a Bulls draft party, right? Mm-hmm. And usually when they draft Bulls, draft somebody, some people are happy, some people are sad, you know. Yeah. Some people, you know, it's, it's a mixed Like reaction. how it was when when uh, the Knicks drafted Paul Zingas down here. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bulls all over the place. All over the place. It was just bad. <laughs> but when they we drafted Lori Marketing, it was the first time I'd seen that entire room mad, Damn. quiet. Nobody was happy, including myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody was happy. We were like, what? We, oh, we draft, what are we doing? And I just kept saying, let me go watch the film, because I do that all the time. Once we draft somebody, I immediately go watch as much film on them as I can. Yeah. And so as soon as we got Lloyd Marketing, I went and watched the film, and I'm watching him. I'm like, okay, well, of course he can shoot. I was like, but I'm looking at the game within the game, you know? So I'm like, okay, I like the way he says this pick right here. He's obviously, he's not scared, which is one thing I always love in my seven footers. He he will get down there and mix it up. I was seeing that. I was like, okay, yeah. this is nice. Then I watched him in the summer league. First game, he was like 20 and 10. He was getting buckets in the summer league. I mean, he was balling. Like, I feel like was, that was his coming out party right there in the summer yes. league. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It was, and I just got completely excited when I saw this. I was like, oh man, he's competent. Yes. You know, like he understands the game. He you knows how he understands on. plays. He understands a playbook. I, he's very cerebral for a young player. Correct. And yeah. he's 20 and he's on that level. Yeah. And that's rare. And so I was seeing, I'm just completely impressed with him. And I'm like, yeah, this is the guy yeah. for us. For me, I was like, this is the one. This is who you build around. Yeah, now, I, I agree. Go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I agree. I was saying, um, I agree with you with all the points from Mark Hayden. He he showed me a lot this year, man. He showed me a lot this year. He, he has a nice 17 to 20 foot jumper. He can step back and hit the three. He can also post up a little bit. And yes. he can play some solid D for a big man. And uh, most importantly, he's mobile. Yes. He's a very yes. mobile big man, which I like. And and um, you guys got a steal right there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I didn't expect that kind of athleticism. Yeah. Um, man, when the, oh, and when he went overseas during the summer and played, I watched a lot of those games, and mm-hmm. he was dominating. He was. I mean, hitting them with the Dirk fadeaways. When I saw the Dirk fadeaway, Dirk is like one of my favorite players ever. <laughs> when I saw the Dirk fadeaway, I, I almost cried. Yeah. <laughs> I almost shed a tear. You could tell like, he watched what? some tape, though. You could tell he watched yes. some tape, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's about basketball. Yeah. And he's deferring right now because he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And I he's just am excited yeah, yeah. But I'm just excited to see him going forward because I think it's him. I think he's the the piece. He's the one that you know the Bulls need to be focused on going forward. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I think he's the one who they should be looking to build around because he yeah. is. He could be that generational talent. Generational yes. talent. He definitely could grow into that because it's only his first year. So you know, I can give him. I, the I say that. To, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I say that to Chris a lot. I say because because we talk about this draft and yeah. I say to Chris a lot what if we've already drafted that player you know what if we yeah. already have that and Chris always intelligently says why can't we have both <laughs> but <laughs> I, 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 that's how I feel I just feel like he's it's something it's something about him when I look at him there there's something there's that little now, he has a nice confidence to him you definitely yeah. notice it yeah. Yeah, it's definitely written all over him. So I'm glad we talked about talked about uh Mark Kanan. So also the Bulls we talked about earlier have been quote unquote disguising their tanking this year, even though we all know they're tanking, uh, mm-hmm. to get a high draft pick. And we don't know where they'll land. I believe they have the fifth worst or fourth worst record in the league. So we all know the draft lottery, um, I have many problems with that. So uh, that whole ping pong bullshit is stupid to me. It's so dumb. But we're not even going to go there. So the Bulls have an opportunity to get a pick from, you never know, from one to ten, let's say. Yes. There's some quality draft pieces uh, on the board this year. So we're going to talk about a little bit about Big Dave. You tell me who you think the Bulls should target or who you believe they Who do you want the Bulls to get this draft? But let me go first. I think... If the Bulls get a high pick from pick, let's say, one to five, one to three, I'm hoping they do because I'm actually rooting for Chicago. Um, I want them to go Aiden. Um, I want I want them to draft a big man. He has too much skill to pass up. And I think they should definitely go for Marvin Bagley. Hopefully, he's still on the board. But do you think they'll have a be- terrible enough record to get one of those? Um. I think anything could happen in the draft. I mean, when we got Derrick Rose, we had a 1.3% chance of getting him. And we ended up with the number one pick. So I honestly, that's why I was like, we just have to play and just be the team we are. Because it doesn't, it never works out um, when you're just the worst team in the league. You know, it works out sometimes. I'm not going to say all the time. Sometimes it works out, of course, you know. Uh, of course, you get LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> Something but like there's that. a lot of times the team with the worst record doesn't always get the first pick. Of correct. Course, oh, one, correct. To, one to three. Yeah. Correct. Correct. It's very. It's rare. And I don't know. I'm just, I just. I'm a firm believer of you play with what you got. 
if your team sucks, then the suck, and then you know we let the ping pong ping pong balls you know fall where they may. Yeah. So yeah, well I just you know they just play, man. That's it. Just play and see what happens, and hopefully we get that you know high pick. I would like a top three pick. I completely agree with you. I want Aiton. That's who I want. <laughs> I don't want anyone else. He has a lot too much Marvin talent badly. to pass up. Yes, man. I mean, he's a physical specimen when I look at him, man. That dude, he's just like beast written all over him, man. Like, oh, we, we're not scoring from outside. Well, you know where we're going. Here goes the ball. Go to work. Yep. And watching Bagley and the other players, they talk to me about, because uh, I don't watch a lot of college sports, but I, I focus on it a little bit more. Just mm-hmm. a couple players, you know. Yeah. But I watch Bagley. The and main I watch top Trey. college prospects. Right. Yes. Right. Correct. I watched Bagley and I watched um, Trey Young. And I wasn't really impressed by Trey Young. Yeah, I like this the jury's game. Jury's out I, on him still. I, yeah, the first game I saw, they played West Virginia, and I watched my man from Maywood. Uh, shout out to the hometown. I watched my man on the team shut him down. I mean, he had him on lock. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just watching him like, well, yeah, and he's kind of short. You know, Curry's a little different because Curry's like, like six three. Mm-hmm. So he's a little taller. Uh, this guy might not even be six feet. Um. It, yeah, I'm just, I'm just wasn't sold, and I'm still not sold on Trey Young. Marvin Bagley can play. That, yeah. that dude can play basketball. I'm not saying that at all. It's just if I had a choice and I had to pick, man, and a guy who fits in perfectly with what we're trying to do, it's Aiden. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. I feel like Bagley and Markanen might be a tad bit redundant because they are close in size and they both play that four, and they're kind of mm-hmm. tweeners in a mm-hmm. way. So. I definitely would go Aiden either way. So yeah. I feel like we're both in agreement there. So hopefully the Bulls get a top three or top five yeah. pick in this year's draft. We'll see. So I've been waiting to do an episode paying homage to the GOAT for a while now. But I had to find a right guest. Mm. And my man, Big Dave, I thought of. And here we are. 2018. His anus. Michael Jordan. <laughs> MJ. I feel like he's becoming a myth now, if you will. Mm. Let me tell Completely. you what. Yeah, and let me tell you what I mean by that. For for those of you who don't know what I mean by that, there's a lot of new cats in the game right now. The fan base has gotten a lot younger, and uh, not to slight the youth or anything like that, but they know about the big shots, they know about the dunks, they know about the rings, the awards, mm-hmm. the accolades, but they may not, or a lot of them may not have seen Jordan at his peak. They not have seen him on TV with their own two eyes, but they can see his imprint everywhere around around today's NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, to me, MJ's kind of become sort of like a research topic now, not an experience <laughs> that people have lived through. You get what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes, so, uh, so these days, that knowledge usually comes from, you know, videos, stories, posts, YouTube videos, friends and families, or a couple of the old heads telling them mm-hmm. what they've seen Jordan do. And what these mm-hmm. new players can't match up with Jordan. So yes. we know most of his accolades, 15 seasons in the NBA. Uh, he left a staggering list of accomplishments, six titles, six M- finals MVPs, five regular season MVPs, the most season as the league's leading scorer, which is 10, <gasps> highest career scoring average in a regular season, which is 30 <gasps> points per game, and in the playoffs, which is 33 mm. points per game. His competitive drive was unprecedented, and he stopped at nothing to win. Nothing. 
So, Big Dave, I know we're both in agreement that he is the GOAT. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. As a lifelong Bulls fan, as I know you all, so what does MJ mean to you and to the city of Chicago? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um, MJ, me personally, it was the first time I would watch, and I haven't had this feeling since Mike, but Mike taught me what winning looks like. Mm. I know when something is going to go a certain kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or when a team is feeling good or feel like I know it because I sat and watched it for years. So I know what I'm looking at. And Mike taught me what it what it takes, you know what I'm saying? What it is to see to be a winner and to know what a winner looks like. So when I see a Toronto those past few years and I saw I'm like, yeah, but no. I was like, no. And, <laughs> and when we were when we were playing um uh when D Rose is at his peak and we played uh, Miami and people were going crazy here like oh we're gonna beat them and me and Chris were like no <laughs> like no this that's, it's not even gonna be close like, you were cautious not, yeah I was like it's not gonna be a game I, I know like Mike always taught me that greatness always wins yeah and it was I know what I'm looking at so what he means to the city you know what I, I tell you like this I have a friend he told me a story he said somebody he has somebody come in town that had never been to Chicago mm-hmm. and they coming to visit so when they came in uh he was like man what's the first thing you want to do there's a lot of wonderful things to do here and he was like what's the first thing you want to do and she said take me to the statue yeah. i want to see the jordan statue i'm with i'm with her i'm with him the first thing <laughs> off the plane that's the exactly first what thing i would want to do. do yep right is go look at the statue and pay homage. i want to hit that united center <laughs> Right. You want to look at it. You want to see. They moved the statue inside, which is ridiculous. Oh, it's inside? It's such a dumb move. Wait, inside the stadium? Inside. It's inside. It's so ridiculous. Wait, so it's not that big then? Oh, it's huge. It's a a big statue, but they moved it. Oh, wow. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, man. They built a new wing, like an atrium over there. And, you know, they want people to come over there like, hey, look, we and it it just doesn't. (laughs) Come on, man! It looks oh, they killed it, man. Yeah, bro. It, it, we we talk about it a lot on our show. We yeah. hate it. It's the dumbest thing we've ever seen. Ah. So, but yeah, see, look how mm-hmm. hurt you are. Yeah, I am hurt. I'm not <laughs> even from Chicago, and I'm hurt right, right now because actually, when I do make it to Chicago, I want to see it. That's the first right. place I'm top three. I'll tell you that. Right, like, look how bothered you are by it. Yeah, you know I am bothered. I am. I'm hot and bothered. I'm bothered, right. yo. <laughs> so it's a problem. Yeah, and. That's what, but that's what he means. See, I think Mike means more to the world. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Than he does Chicago. Like we're we were spoiled, man. Like it was just a wonderful time here when all that winning was going on, and, and just I mean, I, I wish people would know what that feels like to walk into a game and know that you're winning. Like it's not <laughs> even a doubt. That's like, true. Like, that's yeah, a good feeling. Yep. But man, it's like man, they down by twenty at the half. Yeah, okay. Smell of success. <laughs> like we just waiting for the third quarter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mike taught me that the third quarter is the quarter. You know, yeah. you watch Golden State do it all the time now. You know, you watch those great teams do it. I watch the Lakers do it. You know, you yeah. watch uh, the Spurs do it. You just watch. You know, all those teams. Mike always thought the third quarter was the quarter, and the fourth quarter was his his quarter. He knew you how know? to put you put you away in one quarter, single handedly. He took your heart, man. Yeah. Like he and just ate took it. it from you and ate it in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like. Agreed. I always thought that basketball saved his life. 
Because yeah. I thought Michael Jordan without basketball would be a serial killer. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> that, that crazy. That's true. Completely nuts, That's man. True. Like, that, that dude is nuts, man. That kind of drive, like, man, I'm so glad. crazy. He averaged, if he averaged 36 and 5 for his career, play, right. playoff stats, he averaged 33, 6 and 5. And um, I wrote a couple of stats that I saw really quick when I just, I just did a, like a quick Google before I did sure. the episode. I said, let me brush up really mm-hmm. quick just in case I forgot. And it said like some uh, uh, 10 interesting facts, interesting stats about Jordan. And mm-hmm. I wrote a few of these down. So I, I, I want to know if you knew any of these because some of these I didn't know. And mm-hmm. uh, for his career, it said uh, one of them was Jordan was nine of, nine of 18 shooting in the playoffs on potential game tying or go ahead shots. In the final 24 seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime. 50% in the playoffs. Right? 50%. People kill for 22%, 30%. Right? Right. 50% in the playoffs. Jordan's salary in 95-96 was $3.85 million, which ranked 25th in the NBA that season. A couple of players with higher salaries were Benoit Benjamin, Brian Shaw, Danny Ferry, Dale Davis was making more money than Jordan that year. Come on. Come on Rid- with it. Ridiculous. Another stat. MJ. Hakeem the Dream. Hakeem Olajuwon are the only players in NBA history to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same season. Same season. Same year he did that. And also, with that year, Mike also led the league in scoring. Yep. Mike also led the league in steals. Yep. Mike also led the league in minutes. Mike Come also on. led the league in games played. Come on. Mike also won the All Star Game MVP, <laughs> and he won the Doug Championship. Come on, there he That's a lot. So That's a lot. So we know about his decorated career, but since Jordan has left the Bulls in uh ninety eight, ninety eight or ninety nine, it's ninety eight, I believe. 98. Yeah, 98. 98. Um, so since he's left, the Bulls have had, I would say, one decent patch of pretty good competitive playoff basketball, which we know was the D-Rose stretch of that pretty much four to five year, four to six year run. And uh, they've had a few low points, the Ben Gordon years when they were suffering, Jamal Crawford was there, and uh, Brad Miller those years. So... I wanted to ask you, Big Dave, do you feel like or have the Bulls ever fully recovered from an icon, a story player like Jordan ever leaving the franchise other than that D-Rose era? Have the Bulls fully recovered now? Because now they're going back into tank mode, rebuilding. Right. I don't think you recovered from something like that. You just uh, embrace it and you embrace the great of it. It's 20 years. And you're right. And you move on. It's kind of like what the Patriots is going to look like in 20 years or something, yep. you know? Like you never recover, and I don't, and they shouldn't. I mean, it was to its own self, and nobody here. Well, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but the people I know don't feel like it's something that uh, our current team or future teams has to live up to. We're not like you got to win six championships. Uh, you got to do this. You might did this. How come you don't do this? Mm-hmm. We don't. You know, we don't really feel that way because we like we saw God and we're like it's only one of them, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like we ain't we ain't tripping on that. But can you be good? You know what I'm saying? Like can we be competitive? Give give us something to be excited about. Maybe a championship. You know, we we always want to play. You know, to win. We also had a good playoff um, team. I would say in 05 when we beat Miami, yeah. shockingly, when we beat Miami uh, with Kirk, who was it, Kirk Heinrich yep. and Ben Gordon and Ben Wallace and 
and nobody expected that playoff win. That that was a good one too. That was a great win. But yeah, yeah. And but yeah, you're right. Like it's for me, it's not something I don't think anybody should even feel like they should have to live up to. Yeah. I mean, you walk by his statue. Like, bro, it's everyone like, who comes there. <laughs> feels that pressure that burden of the franchise but yeah. we thought it would be Derrick Rose but we had like I said he had a good four to six year run but now they eventually had to move on and they're still struggling to now right. get that still get that franchise cornerstone star and it's right. because the fans the media still place that unfair aura of Jordan around every star player that gets to Chicago and it could be tough yeah, we yeah. but see we don't do that here. Like I said, we don't we're not placing that burden mm. on uh, D Rose. We didn't place that burden on D Rose. Gotcha. We just knew D Rose was great. Yeah, that was and a we media created with. thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely outside. Yeah, <laughs> that but was that wasn't. I here. agree. We we know what we saw. You know what I'm saying? We're like, dude, we know he ain't gonna be that. Are yeah. you serious? Like for real? Like <laughs> like who's done that? Like yeah. you're saying, live up to something that the NBA ain't done. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> come on. That's insane. Yeah, that's No, true. we just thought you were going to be great and, you know, give us some, you know, good runs. You know, we, we were ready to play. We were ready to compete. Mm-hmm. We were ready to fight for a championship, or at least get to the finals. So yeah. we were on that. You know what I mean? I wasn't even thinking about Mike. It wasn't even uh, on my mind mm. that we would be on that level. If we won a few championships and we looked like we were kind of headed towards some kind of greatness, okay. Then you want to start comparing stuff and yeah. doing that. Okay, that's totally fine. It wasn't but enough like work. Said, it wasn't Mike enough work put in. Win, bro. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying it wasn't enough work put in. I agree with you. Right. Yeah. You got to put the right work. You need the work in for, for, <laughs> for you going to get us talking about Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. I agree. Not. I agree. Um, So let's, moving back over to Jordan really quick. So let's dissect Jordan's game a little bit, a tad bit. We all know the main aspects of his game. Great post game, great mid-range shooter, great three-point shooter, phenomenal athlete, phenomenal defender, we know. So I wanted to talk a little bit about an underrated aspect of Michael Jordan's game. So I'll start off with what I thought was an underrated or underappreciated aspect of Jordan's game that I feel like goes unnoticed. And I'm going to say his passing and his vision to me. To me, I feel like Jordan was MJ was the best non-big post passer ever mm. of all time and could mm. be the best post passer of all time i want to say non-big because i'm trying to think of i give Shaq credit but i don't want to give him the best passing big of all time because that's a that's a, an excellent passer from the post he was an player. excellent passer but i don't know if i could give him the best right. but out of the post when mj out of the post with how he drew the double team Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, he's going to draw that double team. He'll spin left, he'll spin right, he'll fade away. You never knew what he was going to do, what he was going to pull out that arsenal. And he always found the open man, found the Steve Kerr's, found the B.J. Armstrong's, the Scott Burrell's, the Tony Cujo's. He always found the Pippins, the, the open shooter when need be. And, of course, when the game was on the line, as we all know. And... Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times he gets a, a bad rap for being a selfish player or a ball hog, but he definitely was a phenomenal passer and his court vision. And he was such a small prayer. We talked about before how cerebral he was. So mm-hmm. what to you would be his most underrated or underappreciated aspect of MJ's game? 
I mean, great minds think alike, just because that's exactly um, what I was thinking was his passing. It so is. I can even add on to that. <laughs> yeah. I can even add on to that to talk about his rebounding because I'm not going to talk about his defense. I don't think that's uh, talked about enough, but he has a defensive player to get a trophy and like a nine time first team all defender. So nine times. I don't really need to, you know, get into that one. But rebounding and his assist, I don't think I've talked about enough. I remember Mike's first year in the league. Okay, Mike was 28, 6, and 6 with two steals. His first year first in the league. That first year stuff. That stuff you want your superstar to do now. That's a good year for a superstar in his eighth year. If Jimmy Butler put that up, they, they'd be like, man, Jimmy Butler's top five. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there would be, that's their first year. He came in the game with this. He came through the door like that. But anytime Mike had one of those games where he was just balling, always look at his rebounds and look at his assists. When he played uh, Cleveland, and I remember he dropped that 69, he yep. had 18 rebounds. He had 18 rebounds that Underrated game. Underrated rebounder. With one <laughs> of the best rebounders like on the assists. team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he played during the era of big men. The big man was the, was the one. And he's in there getting six, seven rebounds a game. Yep. <laughs> like that's crazy. Crazy. Like that's 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 craziness to me, man. So I really think that isn't talked about enough. His Mike did everything. He didn't just do one thing well. He did everything well. He did it all well. When he focused on it, he was like, "This is what I need to do." Everything. Okay. Everything. Like when you told him you he couldn't do it, he, he was gonna do it. It was ridiculous, man. His his arsenal was just ridiculous, phenomenal. I mean, that's why he is the goat. Yes. yes, we we do know. So um, sometimes, you know, they always have some critics, some naysayers, of course. I do have to critique MJ a little bit. And mm-hmm. one of the critiques that a lot of people talk about him is that a lot have questioned his leadership and mm-hmm. asked to see and asked or questioned to see if MJ was a great leader. A lot have questioned his relationship with teammates. They say he's always yelling at his teammates, being hard on him punching Steve Kerr. Uh, He was more of a loner throughout his career. Many felt that he alienated his teammates instead of encouraging them at times. He gave Mm -hmm. them tough love. Many felt Mm -hmm. that MJ ruled kind of by like cruelty and fear, kind (laughs) of. That's how some describe it. So would you consider him to be a great leader? Yeah, like, uh, absolutely. Like, Mm. here's my thing, uh, Jess. It's like, it's like the saying goes as for parents there's there's no great there's no great one way to be a great parent but there's a million ways to be a good one true yeah <laughs> there's no one great way to be a leader there's a, there's a million ways to be a good one okay magic johnson was charming smiled you know loved everybody got the rock showtime great leader larry bird nonchalant killer chilling would drink a beer he was a leader you know, by example yeah. yeah but but he was a leader you know what I'm saying? And a great one. I say a Thomas smile on your face and stab you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> at the same time. Yep. Really great leader. These are all different ways to lead. LeBron is a great leader. Like, they're all different ways to lead. But in the end, the only thing a leader has to do is lead. And Michael Jordan did that. He led you to the playoffs. He led you to the finals. He led you to six titles. He leads the team at points. He'll lead the team at rebounds. He'll lead the team in assists. He'll lead Whatever's the team needed. in steals. Whatever's needed. Whatever's necessary. And nobody even understands that. Like, understand you, he was a tyrant. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because Mike demanded perfection. 
But did you see what he was getting out of those players? Yeah. He was getting the best out of Bobby Hansen. Like you said, Scott Burrell, Scott Jason Burrell, Caffey. Will Purdue, Jason Caffey. Jason Caffey. <laughs> Cliff Levingston. Like Scott oh, Williams. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's getting the best out of these dudes. I'm not going to lie. None of those players will get any burn in today's NBA. Zero. None of them. <laughs> Bill one. Wellington. Come on, man. How much I, burn probably, will he get right now? Nah, I mean, <laughs> hey, you, you need 6,000 jump shot. Bill got you. You know what I'm saying? He yeah, got you, man. That is, but Bill, Bill's a cool dude. But yeah, but no, he probably wouldn't play in this kind of game today. Yeah. As we saw him with the Bulls, maybe on earlier on when he was with the Kings, he was a little better at scoring. Yeah, but but regardless, I mean, Luke Longley might be able to play too. But yeah, I mean, this dude—you can't find a teammate of his to tell you that he wasn't a leader. Just yeah. like the guy you just mentioned, Steve Kerr. Yeah. Ask Steve Kerr if Michael Jordan was he, a great he leader. He always has high praise for MJ. He always says uh, that he did push him, even though he was, you know, a. Uh, 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 a tough love, I guess, as you call it, as you will, kind of leader. It still was right. effective, and it still brought the best out of his teammates. And he was most important is that he trusted them in those tough playoff moments. He uh, trusted absolutely. Steve Kerr with those shots. He trusted mm-hmm. Paxson. He trusted Pip, and he did will them in that way. Even yes. though everyone knew he was the greatest, I'm trusting you with the Rock because I know they're gonna double team me, and I'm trusting you to make that shot. I could shoot it over four, dude, but I'm gonna trust you with that Rock. Listen, when, when you got a when you got a guy just that you know is going into the battle that you know is coming out on the other side, yeah. you mean you're not following him? That's called a leader. Yeah, the confidence. <laughs> That's a man. The confidence. Come on, man. Yeah. Get out of here, exactly. So uh really quick also, I want to talk about MJ's greatest rival and his greatest playoff performance. So I'll start off here. For me, MJ's greatest rival, when I was thinking about it, it's kind of tough for me because his rival to me, Big Dave, was never clear cut. You know what I'm saying? It, it, his uh, his rival was never clear cut. He basically just dominated everyone to me in my eyes. But if I had to choose his greatest rival, I have to go Isaiah Thomas. Okay. And I'm going to go Isaiah Thomas. To me, it all started basically around MJ's first season, I believe it was. And him uh, telling his fellow Eastern Conference All-Star teammates and not passing the ball. I believe it was the 1985 All-Star Game. And that kind of started the little rift between the two. And uh, they played, as we all know, they played each other in the conference finals and the playoffs many times. The bad boys had the Jordan rules, hard fouls on MJ. And uh, also the famous incident of the bad boys and the Pistons and then of them uh, walking off the court without acknowledging the Bulls bench, walking past Jordan and the bench and, uh, and not shaking hands. And also, MJ keeping Isaiah off the USA Dream Team. Yeah. So when you put all of those factors into one, to me, I feel like Isaiah Thomas was his greatest rival, even though they didn't play the same position. So that's why it's tough for me. And I do have a few honorable mentions. But before we get there, I'm going to go to you. I'll have to go Isaiah Thomas. So, Dave, who would you say was his greatest rival? Oh, well, I'm going to have to agree with you. Like, when I... I'm not going to say it's Isaiah, but I'll agree with you that... It was rare that Mike had a rival because usually when you have a rival, that you go back and forth. Battles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And usually that's what it is. And Mike didn't go back and forth. It went back and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or it went forth and that was it. But there, there were some team wins on the Detroit yes. side. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's and that's that's my point. 
I think Mike's rivalries were teams. I don't think Mike's rivalry was mm. an individual player. I thought they were teams. The point. The Pistons. It would be like when you hear it, give me broadcast Jordan against the Pistons, Jordan against the Knicks. That shows Jordan you his greatness the right there. Right, exactly. Exactly. Jordan against the Jazz. I guess Jordan the whole against- squad. It's like right, Gladys Knight whole, and the Pips. Because <laughs> nobody else on your team can measure up. The only person I thought of when when you asked that question, the first person I thought of maybe was like Ron Harper when mm. he was with Cleveland. Because mm. I remember when Mike Mike and Ron used to go at it. Like when Mike would have 45, Ron Harper had 38. Yeah. You know, they would go at it like that. They were. For me, that was like the only <laughs> person that would mm-hmm. go at him. So, kind of so let me throw out two honorable mentions to you and you tell me if you agree or disagree. I had um low key I had Clyde the Glide as an honorable okay. mention only because um I always felt like low key Clyde was jealous of the spotlight that Michael Jordan got as soon as he came in the league. Uh Clyde the Glide was drafted I believe a year before, I believe yes. a year or two before. He um always played great for the Portland Trailblazers and he was always regarded as the second best shooting guard in the league always until they got to the uh 92 finals they yep, played man. and he tried to show out and then jordan beat him again so he Come had on. to put him in his place and solidify his spot as the number one shooting guard in the league so i always felt like there was a slight rift and jordan just had to serve him a few times but clive was no slouch oh not at all no slouch Clyde. Clyde was just and, a phenomenal great and you told me player. if you agree here another low-key rival at mj was Jerry Krause. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to go Jerry Krause. Vice president for the Bulls, man. It was pretty bad oh, between wow. them two, man. And I feel like it all started to go downhill when um, they traded Charles Oakley. And he, yeah. he he was a good friend of Mike MJ at the time. And I feel like they're, he traded him for what? Bill Cartwright, I believe. Yes, and absolutely right. their relationship deteriorated from there. So uh, Jerry Krause was a rival to Jordan in my eyes. Wow. That that is an excellent point because there are many other stories of yeah of Mike and Krause uh, not, not being on the same page about some things. So yeah, I would actually maybe say to Steph first, maybe Mike in the organization. But all right, yeah. But you're right. I, I mean, that is an excellent point, Justin. Yeah, yeah Mike and Krause would, would definitely rivals. But that's Crazy. again speaking to the actual greatness when you got to battle somebody within your own. Uh, a team who doesn't even dribble. Yeah. You know, doesn't even shoot, doesn't do anything. You know, it's, sitting behind it's crazy. a desk. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's great. Right? Crazy. <laughs> right. I'll stop you with a pin. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> crazy. Come on, man. And um, so, yeah, so let's move on to the greatest performance from MJ. I feel like we're going to have a little bit of fun with this one. So I'll go first. My greatest performance from MJ, I'm going to go game six, 1998 finals versus the Utah Jazz. MJ's game-winning shot, sunning Byron Russell, game-winning shot, 87-86 wins for his sixth NBA title, storybook finale, too good to be true, the greatest shot ever to me, the greatest sports photo of all time in Mm. my eyes. I'm Mm. going with game six, 98 finals, slight (laughs) push-off to Mr. Russell serving him to win the game for the finals. That's his greatest performance to me. He, he was just helping Russell to his seat. That's yeah, all that was. He was like, just helping him sit down. Yeah, he was like, it's that way, bro. It's that way. Yeah, he had to unass that seat real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he had to unass it real quick. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, 
you know about this i was wondering if you meant if you were including finals also with oh that. yeah everything is all so, included i mean that's so but i mean man dude like it's so many, you like, had the to first, choose one your favorite man, i've got 63 you got 54 on the so many got, that's why i was tough i had to woo. go there that's my greatest that's so, my favorite the one for me that sticks out is the shot in cleveland oh and the reason it sticks out is because that for me I'll, I'll speak about me personally that for me was the cementing of we're here mm. and because that was like the first heart stealing thing mike did in the playoffs um he took he took he took it from them like they were built to win cleveland yeah. was a really good team man yeah they, they were, were a good team coached by a hall of fame coach and lenny wilkins yeah. like they were a really good basketball team. And a lot of game people don't five. give them credit. They were a good team. No, they were. I yeah. mean, Mark Price, man. Come Brad on. Brad Daughtery, all those boys. They were Larry playing Nance, ball. Larry Nance. Larry Williams. Yep. I mean, they had, they they had dudes who ball, man. Um, they had a young Steve Kerr. Yep. Um, but So you going with game, the shot? It's game five, man. Ooh. I mean, just how he did it, man, in three seconds. And the way he hung in the air and how beautiful it looked because he's up in the air and then you see Craig Elo go flying by him so on beautiful. the ground. Look, he was up in the air so long. Elo uh, had time to turn around and watch Mike still had a ball in his hand and shoot the ball. It was so beautiful. So mean. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the cement Jordans too when he did it. Oh, like, and them C-Meds. <laughs> yo, it was mean, brother. Yo, shout and out he, to BTG for that too. That's that, that he. Every time I talk to him, he always got to hit me with the C meds. <laughs> <laughs> Those are dope, man. Yes, sir. But yeah, the, the shot, bro. That that's what kicked it off. Yeah. Oh, so you going with the shot, man? Those are iconic moments, and you can't go wrong either one. You really can't. There's no wrong answer to this at all. Um. Mm-hmm. So really quickly, also MJ's most important title for me. I'm going with his first title, 1991, against the Lakers, Magic Johnson. To me, that was a passing of the torch moment. In that finals, Dave, he averaged 36 and 11 assists in that finals. Crazy numbers for me. He was a shooting guard. He was a scorer, and he got your 11 assists in the finals. That, to me, was his most important title. It was his first. It, it meant the most with his father passing everything so i'm going with his first so most important title what would you say dave you know i actually agree with you um because again the first one is the one that kicks everything off but just to be just to be on another side mm-hmm. i'll i'll say um the last title mm-hmm. um because just the way he threw up after he won just the way he threw up that six. Oh man <laughs> he won he was like it was kind of like yeah <laughs> you know i need a, i need a photo oh, of that man yeah. Yeah, talk now. Like you have nothing to say now. I mean, every it what people forget about those last three championships was especially after the 72 and 10 one, nobody wanted the Bulls to win. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> nobody on. was rooting no for one. the Bulls. Everyone was rooting against the Bulls. Unless you were, of course, a fan. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But they were not even the broadcasters, Bill Walton was not on their side, Bob yeah. Costas was not on their side. Every they time they scored, they was like, damn, here we go. Yeah. They was like, yo, they're gonna do it. The Giants have a chance. Steal <laughs> yep. by Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was just an amazing thing to watch because he was literally on his, you know, he was on his last legs out oh, there. Yeah, he was. You know what I'm saying? But you sat there and you watched him and you're looking at him and you just like again, I explained that feeling. Like, I just knew there was no way we were losing this game. Oh, yeah. Like, I just knew it. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't 
think we're losing this game. As soon as he got that steal, I was like, oh, we're done. Perfect. <laughs> no and no over. one else touched the ball, mind you. Nobody, Nobody. else. No Nobody. one else. Nobody. He was like, this is mine. This is it. And this is how we're going oh, out. I mean, man. it was it was just one of the most perfect ways to end the dynasty. Perfect. Perfect, Dave. Perfect. Ah. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with this question right here. Sure. Gut reaction. I need you to rank these four order of best player. <sighs> you know what this is. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Magic. Rank them <gasps> one through four and why. I'll let you go first. Do me the honors, my brother. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, I know who one is. Okay, and of course. I think we're unanimous well, yeah, in that one. One's Mike, <laughs> and for me, four is Kobe. So I was debating between two and three hard, mm-hmm. um, between Magic and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it was, that's just so difficult. <laughs> and I mean, because the only reason I'm going to put Magic at two is because LeBron's story isn't written yet. Mm-hmm. And he's still writing his story. Um, so for right now, and that's I'm, I'm putting Magic Johnson, which is not any disrespect to any of those uh, three men, because listen to the company you're keeping. Yeah, come on now. And yeah, Magic, because Magic, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking like this guy came in after winning a title in college Tuh. against his greatest rival he, up to that point, who became his biggest rival in the NBA. Yep. He comes in on the number one pick with Showtime in LA, everything's on him, and comes in and wins a title again in Steps your rookie right season. right to the finals. Right to the, fi- right to the finals. And not even just that. Your best player is hurt. Yes. Your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is out of there, and you coming in as a rookie, talking crazy, as they said. He was talking crazy <laughs> on the plane. Like, don't even worry about it. Magic got hit. you, yep. Got it. And he comes in and drops 42, 16, and 7? At center, he was starting at center. This is the Crazy. point guard. Crazy. He was starting at center in your first year. That's insane. That's unbelievable. And, and, and of course, got the finals MVP. But for me, that kind of greatness to be at that level and not only to just be there, he stayed there. Yeah. He stayed there his oh, entire career. Entire was, career. Yeah. Where he was as a rookie, he stayed there, period. There was no low. That was it. That was it. It was magic from day one. Yeah. That was it. I agree. Period. I agree. Point blank. But I agree. I think when LeBron is all said and done, I'm gonna have LeBron as as number two. But mm. as of right now, as of right now, as it's going, I mean, the stories are written. I gotta go with what's written, man. So I'll say Mike, Magic, LeBron, Kobe. Yo, Dave, I agree with you there, my brother. My list is identical. Same four. <laughs> MJ, we know, is most definitely go unanimous. I'm going Magic for the same reasons that you said. I had a coin toss flip-flop to me between LeBron (laughs) and Magic because, you see, how I look at it is, if I'm building a team, I'm a GM. I got prime Magic and I got prime LeBron on the table. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to Magic, but I'm taking LeBron. Okay. I'm taking LeBron right now because of the physical specimen that is LeBron and he can do the same things that Magic can do but he does of course lack that full on killer killer instinct that we all love for LeBron to have but 
Maybe he just doesn't have it fully. He has a little bit, but he doesn't have it enough. It's because we put him in that category on the Mount Rushmore of goats. So we expect we expect a lot out of LeBron. <laughs> yeah, we expect absolutely. a whole lot. So I have him third still right now because for the same reason that you said his story isn't written yet. If he gets me another title, mm-hmm. I'm putting him over Magic. Yeah, if he gets I me a title problem. this year, especially, I'm putting him over Magic. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with that at all. Because I, I really feel think. like he still has a good, a strong four or five years left in him being yeah. highly productive. And Holy I feel like he's going to pass all those numbers and he's going to become, I don't think he's going to get number one leading scorer, but I think he'll get to be two, maybe three. I mean, this guy already has 30,000 points, 8,000 rebounds and 8,000 assists. Ridiculous. And nobody else ever has done this. He's done it already. Nobody's even done 25, 8, and 8. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's all, he's, he's just, that's unbelievable what he's doing. So, yeah, I no, I have no issue with that. No issue. Yeah, none at all. Uh, really quickly, since we're on the subject of LeBron, more important to this city, LeBron in Cleveland or MJ in Chicago? I, I honestly think it's, it's LeBron. I um, agree. 100%. I think, yep. I don't, as I said earlier, I, I think Mike mean more, means more to the world. LeBron mm. means more to the city. LeBron everything means, to right? that city, Dave. Everything. Everything, bro. I'm talking about born there, raised there, drafted there. Like, the only time he left there was to go to Miami. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like, they were heartbroken. And, dying right? over there. Oh, burning jerseys. The the owner sending out rants. Like, Come on. It was an issue. And when he came back, they were like, oh, nothing happened. We don't know what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> we, we didn't burn anything. Crazy. We didn't do nothing. Yo, Everything's uh, good. Dave, I, I was thinking about this, right? I've never seen. Tell me where have you ever seen one player have the entire city in the palm of his hands? Like how he yeah. has in Cleveland. I feel like he has an entire city in the palm of his hands. I agree. When he leaves, I, I, no business, nothing. Right. I, I saw Mike like that. And I saw um I don't know, I saw Sammy Sosa like that here. Um, but Crazy. yeah, but absolutely true. Like I think LeBron can I mean, he could sit there and run for governor or run yeah, for mayor. Yeah, he could. Like now. Like, I mean, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like crazy. Said, you know what? I'm going to hoop and be your mayor. They'd be like, all right. <laughs> sure thing, LeBron. Have, have at it, Mr. Mayor. Go ahead and score 40 today. Thank you. Crazy. For real. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and since we're on the avenue of comparing LeBron and MJ, we know mm-hmm. LeBron right now has to grow up. Or grow, excuse me, grow up, has to go through his prime in a social media era, which yeah, is tough yeah. to do. So yeah. I thought about it when I wanted to ask you as well. What if MJ played in the Twitter era? I feel like that will be very different. It will be very interesting to think about. So, Dave, I'm going to ask you, would MJ be more or less effective if he played in a Twitter social media era with crazy fans and everyone having an opinion on every move, every play. How would he feel? I think Mike would absolutely be more effective. More? Because if we've known anything about Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. is he is driven by you telling him he can't do something. Ah. And nothing on Twitter, that is is Twitter in a nutshell. (laughs) It's telling you, no, he's whack, he can't do it. Oh, look what he did here this game. Oh, look what he did that game, he was terrible. Michael Jordan is that insane to where he is going to try to basically shut down an entire site because he thinks you're wrong. So I'm going to go out here and dominate just to tell you you're wrong. 
and put it in your face that you're wrong. I mean, yeah, man. Like, I I don't, I think it's no doubt he would be just be insanely effective out here, man. Uh, As far as his nightlife concern, (laughs) (laughs) gambling. That would, yeah, bro, that would have to change a little bit. You might catch MJ in a hookah bar or something. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Bro, that's that's just a nice (laughs) way. He had a thing for the ladies and the cards and the games. Brother, you know, they don't call you to go for nothing. He did. Listen, they definitely might have caught him in a photo or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I agree with you. I think he can handle it, but I'm going to be honest with you, Dave. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think he would be... He still will be successful, yeah. But I don't think he will be able to handle it as good as LeBron handles it right now. To me, I wouldn't consider MJ a people person, mind you. Okay. And because of with social media and everyone and their mamas in your business and has an opinion, I think he would hate it, to be honest. I think he would hate it because... It will be more opinions like and and Twitter and Instagram and things like that. They have a tendency to sway the narrative at times. So you know how how the analytics is a thing right now. And a lot of people go Jordan. Some people like to go about his shot selecting and his ineffective shot selection. So you got a bunch of dudes like that. Millions of those guys going at you every single day. The media are those same kind of dudes, analytics guys, asking you the same kind of questions, dumb questions, mind you, the same way mm-hmm. Russell gets an attitude with the reporters. I feel like it would annoy MJ a lot more, but I still feel like it will be a, he will be effective on the court, but off the court, I feel like it will bother him a lot. Now, the, the only reason I disagree with that, well, one of the reasons I, I disagree with that mm-hmm. is because watching... we. We got we got to remember we sat there and watched Mike under the hot lights and the microscope every single day. True. It true. wasn't like he didn't have a trough That's of media true. following him all the time. It was a circus. True. All the time. This is they said it was like traveling with the Beatles in '96. Yeah. Do you know what Beatlemania was like? That was <laughs> you know that was stupid. So the fact that Mike always surrounded by the media. He always answered every question. He was always very professional. He always was straight up with like all of that. Every single day, he never said, I don't want to talk. He never had, didn't have anything not to say to the media. That's true. He was very he professional. Was surrounded. That's true. Yeah, he was surrounded true. all the time. True. So that's what happened. Like what LeBron's going through. Absolutely. He's surrounded all the time and he's handling it well. But the thing I've heard LeBron say things that I know Mike wouldn't say. And Mike would ask Mike would be asked these questions on a daily basis. Yeah, it'd be annoyed, but Mike takes it out on the court. And that's the way he does it. And then he'll say, Yeah, you know, I'm just out there playing my game. You know, uh, you know, just wanted to get some things going on. You know, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like you one of them answers, man. And so, yeah, but we we can't dismiss that because we Mike was always and still is <laughs> under a media under a microscope, man, yeah. all the time. Still is. I that's just true. I just saw a TMZ. A video of his wife dancing for him. Like, why? Why is that there? But but he's still there. He's a fifty three year old dude living his life still. Yeah. That followed him still. So That's yeah, true. I don't, he'd have a fun fun time. Mike be alright. <laughs> Mike will be alright. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So I think right now, if he was playing in today's NBA, I think he would average twenty nine seven to six right now. Mm-hmm. There or twenty nine seven to seven, I should say, in the NBA right now. I think the game is a lot faster right now than when he played. So his isolation post-ups might be 
a tad bit tougher with defensive schemes because they like to double a lot. And I say tad very gingerly because I okay. still feel like he would score over every double team or any defensive ge- defensive scheme you could possibly throw at him because he would get a lot more fouls called. Yeah. Now, with the new are, rules. Go ahead. Are we are we talking uh, 90s Mike? Prime, Prime, Prime MJ. Prime, Prime MJ? Yeah, Prime is no. What would he Mike, average right Mike now? Mike is averaging like 30, 40 plus in Prime what, MJ. 40 plus? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like this dude. I gave him 29. You, you're telling me a guy whose nickname is Air can keep up with a fast He got to share the rock though, Dave. He got to share the rock. <laughs> but he does that. Like we just talked about that True. as far as his assist. And he shares the rock. But a dude whose nickname is Air is not going to have a problem keeping up with a fast pace anything. True. So give me so, his numbers right now. Realistic, what would he average? <laughs> Realistically? Right now, yep. Right now, taking Mike in his prime, prime. with this NBA? This NBA. 38. Damn. <laughs> seven. Okay. And six. I think the rebounds and assists will still be the same. Mm, okay. But, 30, dude, I think he's averaging close to 40 points a game. I, ain't I mad really at do. You. I, ain't mad I, don't, at I don't see him. I don't see how he doesn't. Especially... When you can't clog the lane anymore, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like you, you, we're playing zones out here. Like with the this is all fouls. Yeah, ticky tack foul. This is all isolation ball out here. And you telling about the greatest one on one player, and you and you gonna run the ice man. That's all you gonna hear all day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's all you gonna hear, bro. Yeah, he hurts, man. Nah, he Y'all crazy. heard it here. 38, 7, and 6 from a man. I said Dave. it. And that's being nice. Being nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. So, closing out the sure. MJ argument. Um, so, we know we, he had a lot of... He wasn't the most vocal, I would say. But he was one of the more polarizing figures, I guess, personally, I would say, on and off the court. And I wanted to ask you before we move on if we have any issues on how MJ handled his career during or after. So I'll start off here. And the only I don't have I don't have many issues or any issues at all really with how MJ handled his career on the court at all. Off the court, the only slight issue I had was after his playing career. And the only thing that I did have and was a very small issue is that I just felt like he could have been more vocal and more active in the black communities. I just feel like he's a major icon. I feel like I know, we all know he's a major icon to a lot of people. And I just feel like with his voice, him speaking out more on tough issues would be more beneficial in a way. I don't know how much it would help, but it would help a little bit, you know, especially mm-hmm. now as well. And I think that he dropped the ball a little bit on that. Even when cats were getting killed over his sneaker releases, we know a lot. I'm sure in Chicago, a lot of that was going on. It was a lot going on in New York City as well, and um, because the store have because of the stores having a, lim- a limited amount, limited quantity, and um, I never really, honestly, haven't really heard him speak too much about it or speaking out about it. So that to me would be the only issue with him afterwards or after he's retired is I would love him to be more vocal on real issues affecting our community. Uh, I'm 100% in agreement with you. I think this is exactly where LeBron dwarfs Mike. Yes. There you go. And, Thank you. Oh, he, he just completely destroys Mike on, on this tip. Yeah. And, he, and it's LeBron important. Is, yeah, it's extremely important. And even when I remember Mike is famously quoted for saying when they asked him about that, just that topic you talked about. Um, about his sneakers and people buying them. 
and why he wouldn't speak out and get political about it. They'll ask him about the political parties and things like that. And Mike famously said, Republicans buy shoes too. So Mike was always about this business. Yeah, period. the dollar. He, he was about this dollar. This is why he's a billionaire now. Um, but yeah, absolutely. This is it would have been great for him to, you know. I mean, it's not like he wasn't. Of course, he would, you know, do things in the community, you know. But it, but it wasn't going above and beyond like yeah. you see with LeBron James. It wasn't shown as much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was. Yeah. It was. How can I put it? Um, very scripted, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, like this Media is what you're supposed friendly. to do. Yeah, this is what you're kind of supposed to do, yeah. and and don't say anything wrong, and just you know, kind of just appreciate it. And Mike was was that and he didn't ruffle too many feathers you know what i'm saying yeah. he was always playing this that kind of side so yeah no i'm in complete agreement with you on that it's, it's the one area i really really believe lebron just absolutely kills him in yeah. and it's, it's social activism and, and yeah. speaking out on certain issues to the point where mike you know came out what a couple years ago gave a million dollars to the NAACP gave a million dollars to the police in north carolina yeah. after he saw the young man uh get shot in the back and mm-hmm. killed um and I'm like, okay, Mike, we appreciate it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Man, that would have been cool if you said it then, but you know. Yeah, I need, I need to see it when it happens. <laughs> You're a little but, late you know, right now, Mike. You're a little late. Yeah, but you know. But yeah, man, I, I'm not going to tell a man how to, you know, True. live his life, but yeah. I just wanted but, to see a little bit more. Like I said, a, a slight yeah. criticism. I just, I would love to see it. He's an icon and still is. That's why. Right. Right. Okay, yeah. bro. That's it, man. And, yes, um, yeah. So. Big Dave, you know what time it is, my brother. It's time for the crossover segment. Not a game, not a game. Crossover. Not a game. Yes, sir. We talking about. Ah, so for my new listeners, I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. My man Big Dave acts as GM, and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their prime. He was building a team. Got two good ones for you this week, my brother. Okay, your crossover segments are awesome too, man. Let me just say that. I appreciate that. On Twitter and everything, man. That, that's a fun time. People be brother. fighting over this, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they do, man. They do. They they yes, they get they, they get antsy on this, man. Yeah. <laughs> they do. So, are you taking Jamal DeRozan or a prime Mitch Richmond? Let me give you the career stats. Ooh. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> DeRozan, 19 points per game, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, 44% from the floor, four-time All-Star. Mitch Richmond, run TMC member, 21 points per game, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, 45% from the floor, six-time All-Star, rookie of the year. Are you taking DeRozan or Mitch Richmond? You know what? It is funny we talked about Mike a lot. Mm-hmm. on here so Mike will be the reason I take this player and I'm gonna take Mitch Richmond because I remember Michael Jordan saying that Mitch Richmond was his toughest opponent mm. and I remember him saying it was, it was on the back of Mike's basketball card I mean, I, that was like for <laughs> Mitch that was like a thing for Mitch yep. a quote from Jordan is on the back of your card your, your stamp is solidified Mitch Richmond man I mean you got run TMC um, but Mitch did it in, in Golden State and he did it in Sacramento. Yeah. I mean, he was the man both those places. I loved him in Sacramento. He Fuck was awesome. Man. I mean, all day long. And I mean, c- couldn't guard him. I mean, he's 20 plus every night, easy. Um, man, DeRozan is special. Yeah. He's coming into his own right there, now. Yep. I mean he is, and he ain't scared about it either, nope. man. Um, 
I, uh, yeah, I like the Rose, and I don't want to disrespect them too. Hard. I really don't. I don't. But I'm gonna take Mitch, man. Ooh. I'm gonna run with Mitch. Okay, so you're running with Mitch. Yeah, I'm running with him. Dave, I agree with you, brother. I I gotta go with Mitch here, man. I mean. I think DeRozan will end up with more the most all-star appearances out of the two. Oh yeah, no yeah, question. But I gotta go with Mitch, man. I know some of my younger listeners, if they're out there, might not even remember how good Mitch Richmond was from Run TMC. Yeah. Yeah. But man, that was a nasty trio. Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, boy, one of the most underrated trios in NBA history. They were buckets. I I hate that that team had to break up. I hated it. Right. I hate it. I mean. There's a reason that Mitch is in the Hall of Fame right yeah, now. Yeah, of course. I and, mean, there's, there's a reason. And he was he was a big guard, too. That's why I compared him and DeRozan. They're both nice, big shooting guards. 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, can post yes. you up. Can hit the J. Can do it all. Won the All-Star Game MVP, too. Yep, sure did. 95, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, but yes, yeah. Yes, sir. So we both in agreement there. We both going with Richmond. Yeah, I'll go with Mitch. All right. Next one. Ah, this one is might cause some debate also. Okay. Are you taking a prime Tim Duncan, the big fundamental, mm-hmm. or a prime Hakeem, the dream Olajuwon? Ooh, I hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the career stats. You building a team, Dave. Uh, Tim Duncan, 19 points per game, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 50% from the floor, 5-time champ, 3-time finals MVP, 2-time MVP. Hakeem, the dream. 21 points per game, 11 rebounds, three assists. I mean, excuse me, two assists, three blocks, one steal, 51% from the floor, two time champ, two time finals MVP, one time regular season MVP, 12 time All Star, six time All NBA, two time defensive player of the year. I forgot to name Tim Duncan, excuse me. Are you taking Came the Dream or the Big Fundamental? Let me know. Well, uh, let me say that the, um, there are only a few players I've seen not have weaknesses in any aspect of that game. Of course, Mike is one. Mm-hmm. The other one for me was Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm. And the uh, and after he retired, for me, it was Tim Duncan. And I just think they were just two, two of the man, best to ever do it. Yeah. But if I'm picking a team, man. I'm going to go with the guy who is my second favorite player of all time. That's Hakeem Olajuwon. Ooh. Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon, listen, no weaknesses at None. seven feet tall. Zero. Not one thing he can do on the court. Whatever you think he can't do, he can. Okay? He will dominate you offensively. He will dominate you defensively. You, you, We're talking the quadruple double, Hakeem Olajuwon. We're talking about this dude who you saw Anthony Davis get 10 blocks. Yep. The first oh, he person could do that in his sleep. Yeah, the first person they bring up when he did it is Hakeem Olajuwon. The dream. That's who you bring up. The dream. The dream. I still re- do you still remember when David Robinson won the MVP? Oh Lord, do I. And Hakeem said, Oh no, we will not have it. Served him. <laughs> served him. He came him. in like Umbaku on him, man. Served we will not have it. He served him. He was brother. barbecue chicken, served. right? You serving. Oh, oh served him. Put the dream shake on. I mean, it was disgusting what he did. Of course. Plus winning, plus winning those back-to-back titles. I mean, he was the man. Hakeem Olajuwon, I mean, yeah, I'm taking Hakeem because, I mean, he had no weaknesses and he had no problem going head up with anybody. Yep. I mean, you want to fight? Yeah, Hakeem would do that too. Yeah. Hakeem, it didn't matter what you wanted to do. You wanted no parts of Hakeem Olajuwon, period. 
all day, all day. I'm in agreement. I love Tim Duncan. <laughs> but go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I, I'm in agree. I agree with you, Dave. It's two for two. I'm going to dream also. I'm 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 taking him for for two glorious Michael Jordan free years. The NBA mm-hmm. belonged to the dream. It, it did for those glorious right. years. And, and uh, uh, what a career the yeah. Rocket Center had. What a career, man. I mean, I mean, he 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 really carried the NBA for two seasons. He was definitely the most dominating player for actually a number of seasons. Yeah. And to yes. me, I'm I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb by saying this, but to me, this is my opinion. He is the most talented center of all time. Um, you're not gonna get an argument from me. That's that's my view, and you could like people could disagree, whatever. But to me, he's the most talented center mm-hmm. of all time, and actually. My second favorite center of all time behind Shaq. Okay. I got to go Shaq. Yeah. But to me, he's my second favorite center of all time. But to me, the most talented. Shaq was more brute force to me. Bill yeah, Russell had the boy. hardware, all the rings. Will Chamberlain might have been the most dominant. But yeah. I'm going Hakeem the Dream had the most talent. He could beat you from anywhere. And he could dominate both ends of the floor. No yeah. weaknesses, like you said. So I'm going Hakeem yeah. the Dream over any yeah. big man of all time. Woo! I'm not going to disagree because he's my second favorite. Yeah. Like, by way. So, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with any of that. I'm, I'm going there, man. I'm going there. <laughs> and oh, I'll yeah, speak- we're going to be arguing on Twitter. Boy. Oh, I can yeah. Hear it. Of course. Oh, I can hear it. And um, before, we, before we get out of here, yo, uh, Dave, speaking of the dream, I know you read that Steve C. Francis article. Tell me the article wasn't dope, man. That article was awesome. Oh, man. <laughs> Completely awesome, man. That was like, such yeah, an I, awesome I, article. Yeah, yeah. I hope people really read that one, man. What? Because... Like, just telling his story and so how he real. came. Man, that, that is a one in a million shot. It is. That that young man made it to the NBA, man, and made a wonderful life for himself. Yeah. And just the stories he had, especially the stories he had about Hakeem. Yeah. Um, that, that Hakeem story was just About gold. the suits. Yes. Talking about his Tim's. Exactly. He had to take him to his tailor. <laughs> Come on, man. Right. My man got a tailor. Oh. I'm going to get you Tim suits. Like, yo, what? Yo, that was was crazy, man. That was crazy. Oh, man, that was a great... Make sure y'all go out and go check that out. That's um, Stevie Franchise's article on the Players' Tribune. And it's a a, a great, dope article, man. And also, before we get out of here, make sure y'all go out and go subscribe to Big Dave's podcast. Bow on Bulls. Did I get it right? You get... Oh, that was brilliant, brother. (laughs) I try to put right the on emphasis point. on it. Yes, sir. That yeah. was right on point. Yes, sir. You got anything uh, new coming up for the show, my brother? Absolutely. Uh, like I said, it's my, myself and my, my partner, Chris, a.k.a. C-Dub. We just recorded a show yes, on Saturday with uh, Dre from According to Sources. Oh, yeah. Um, that'll be out this week. We're going to be doing uh, shows every single week for the rest of this uh, month. Nice. So That playoff got- run. Yeah, we're going to go on this playoff run, man. So, you know, we got writers from uh, The Athletic coming in and Stephen No, We got, um, we just got some great guests coming on, man. And we definitely going to have Brother Jess going, man, when oh, the playoffs no kick in, brother. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, you on, bro. Absolutely. No doubt. It's a pleasure, man. Yo, Big Dave, it was a pleasure, my brother. I appreciate you joining me, my dude. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, bro. Thanks to your sound, man, for, <laughs> for all that, man. Yes, like sir. everything, brother. It's, it's been peace, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, so I appreciate you joining me, man. My brother, no doubt. Uh, yeah, 
Make sure you go out and go subscribe for the Ball on Bulls podcast. Go follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. Uh, Dave, before we leave, watch your Twitter handle. At Ball Sports on Twitter, at Ball Sports on Instagram, ballsports.com. Like you said, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Media, Google Play, wherever you like listening to podcasts. Go get it. Go get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, sir. Wait, can I say one thing? Can I say this before I go? Go ahead. I'm I'm dying to say this, bro. Go ahead. Talk about it. Hey. Talk about it. (laughs) Yes, sir. My homie. (laughs) My homie. So that's Above the Rim, episode 49. And we out.